1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. And as always, you can follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And a little bit of news regarding about where you can listen to us. We'll get into that here in just a second. But this is a fun and exciting day broadcasting coming to you live from Super Bowl Radio Row. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until 1 o'clock. And if you've noticed, it's 10 a.m. We've combined the sports zone in the extra point to bring you some exciting content and guests today tomorrow and friday bob are you as excited as i am absolutely uh the big super bowl week is here and uh you know last week was uh kind of uh we need to get to this week and we're here that's true. There is that week in between. It builds up the anticipation. Maybe we find ourselves tuning into the Pro Bowl for 30 minutes and wondering why we did that. But we've it's all got us to this point here. Uh, Super Bowl 57 is on Sunday, live from State Farm Stadium, and we're here at Radio Row. Here's the guest lineup that we know of right now expected to join us today. A.J. Perez from Front Office Sports at 10.15. Mike Palm with Circa Sports at 11.15. 15 cam rogers from believe network uh you didn't think we were going to forget about talking about the waste management phoenix open did you we're going to get into some bets with cam around 1205 and mike tanier in person looking forward to re-meeting him i stumbled into him yesterday at the media party football outsiders to dive into eagles Chiefs super bowl 57 around 1220 but as we typically do let's set the scene with today's poll questions and we'll start with the kdus 1060 poll question it's going to be up all week because that's what we're talking about the super bowl who wins super bowl 57 and Corey manning all of the operations behind the scenes for us big things on your shoulders and on your plate but what are the early returns here all right leading still is the eagles 63 percent of the vote over on kdus 1060 the chiefs sitting at 37 percent right now and uh, we will kind of be periodically updating that, and obviously we'll be teasing that along to answer on Friday. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDUSAM1060, in reference to uh, having Mike Palm, Circus Sports, on with us. Are you going to wager on Super Bowl 57? Bob and I, you know we've, dis- we've discussed it numerous times, how this is expected to just break records left and right in, in terms of the-, the amount of money that is going to be bet on this Super Bowl. Bowl 57. So, are you going to wager on Super Bowl 57? Corey, what do we have? Been seeing it bounce back and forth. Currently not tied, though. Leading is yes, 54.5% of the vote. No at 45.5% on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. All right, Bob. You know how important this has been to me. And we have so many people to thank behind the scenes to get this up and going this week for us. KDOS AM 1060, you can now, if you have an Apple phone, it's ready to go. Android, it's coming in a couple of couple of days or so, but Apple users, 
go into your Apple Store and you can download the KDUS 1060 app. We are going to, because it literally, this hit my inbox at 9.56 a.m. So we're going to be working with the team behind the scenes to get some awesome prizes up on the app as well. So bear with us there. But you can now listen to us by downloading the app. And what you need to type into the Apple Store is KDUS 1060 to download the new KDUS AM 1060 app. So that's KDUS 1060 to find us. Bob, I expect it to be on your phone. Okay, that means i got to figure out how to do it properly, but I will try. All right, I know you can do it. Uh, so anyway, once again, we'll continue promoting that. The app for the Apple Store, KDOS 1060, uh, is what you type in to download that onto your Apple phone. Android users are coming soon. As we mentioned, AJ Perez expected to join us around 10.15 here from Front Office Sports. But a couple of things that we need to get into here today. We didn't have a chance to dive into it much yesterday, but that's, of course, updating the Arizona Cardinals and their coaching situation and the coaching search. Uh, it appears the candidates have been narrowed down to two because the Vikings announced Monday that they hired Brian Flores as their next defensive coordinator. The reports uh, from over the weekend were actually that Flores was expected to have an interview with the Cardinals later this week for the vacant head coaching position, but he took the Vikings defensive coordinator position first. So let's stop there for a second. Why did Flores not hold off with the Vikings and hear out the Cardinals? We don't really know. But maybe it comes down to he felt that they were going to go in a different direction anyway. So take the opportunity with the Vikings. Maybe the Vikings offered substantial compensation. Uh, kind of what is your feeling about Flores going to the Vikings? Kind of what you just said there. Um, you know, certainly an Anna Rumo is one of the two candidates who kind of believed to be one of the two finalists here. And needless to say, defensive guy. And Anna Rumo is the hot property right now as far as defensive coordinators in the league after the uh, job he did with the Bengals the last two seasons. And uh, so I'm guessing that that certainly you know, played some kind of role at least. And if not uh, kind of a bottom line role, he might also have been told, by the Cardinals that you know, he wasn't going to be you know one of the quote finalists and he had an opportunity to get a job uh, as far as uh, with the Vikings and the Vikings he has an interesting front seven to deal with there he's got some older players in that uh, you know linebacking and obviously including Patrick Peterson in the secondary so I think that's a pretty attractive job um, considering you look at the division, look at their offense, which uh, should be better. They need to get a little bit better in the offensive line, but I think that's a pretty good gig for a defensive coordinator at this point. Absolutely, and you know I have to come with some stats here for you. For the Vikings, according to Next Gen Stats, the defense played nickel 80.4% of snaps. Right. That ended up being the third highest rate in the NFL. They played zone 79.4%, which was the fourth highest in the league. They blitzed just 22.1% of the time, which was the 12th lowest rate. When it comes to Brian Flores and what he did in Miami with the Dolphins 2019 to 2021 when he was there as the head coach, they had the fourth highest blitz rate during that time and of course played man-to-man -man a lot. So I would have to think that this is going to be a stylistic change. I'm not 100% sure about that though because you know, he had the blitz in Miami. Uh, you know, some of those defensive linemen have developed, especially last year, 
after he had left. I'm not saying that's why, but they just got older and better and, and more experienced. But he does, you know, the front four of the Vikings defensive uh, group, that's certainly their strength. And uh, I don't know if you have to blitz as much. And you're know, playing a zone defense, it was kind of the uh, you know, bend but don't break approach. And it definitely worked out for them. They won, you know, you know, every close game they ever played until they got to the postseason and played the Giants. As you mentioned, it is believed that the two remaining candidates now for the Cardinals are Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo and Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. We'll get into a little bit more uh, here shortly. But, Corey, let's go to break. Uh, as A.J. Perez from Front Office Sports just sat down with us here at the table. So we'll go to break and we'll be able to come back with him on the other side. If you didn't hear the news uh, this morning, and I'm going to keep promoting it uh, all day long, if you are an Apple user, it's time. Download the KDOS 1060 app. Just type in KDOS 1060. The Android uh, portion of things is coming in the next couple of days, but we'll have some prizes and things for you uh, up on the app. That's KDOS1060.com. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you live from Radio Row. A.J. Perez, front office sports on the other side of the break right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com. And, of course, that app, Apple users, KDOS 1060. downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Dude, Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com. 1016 AM coming to you from Radio Row in downtown Phoenix. Sitting across from me is AJ Perez from Front Office Sports. AJ, how's the morning going? Uh, not bad so far. How's yours? Uh, I'm enjoying myself, so all is well. Uh, there's plenty to get into in terms of the NFL, but I first want to start here with uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, Live Golf. We talk about about golf on this program here. Uh, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, it's an elevated event this week, and it kind of doesn't matter who you ask. Have People have opinions about it, and the latest person is Butch Harmon, who has come out and said that the people that have been kind of slamming the live players actually need to be thanking them for all the different things that have transpired here. But when it comes to the things that are happening in the courtroom, antitrust lawsuits, PGA Tour, live, where does everything stand? Yeah, this is kind of one thing live needs to do and if it's going to take a few years to get to get event like here in phoenix this week to get this kind of fan event it's going to be impo almost impossible to replicate because it's you know they have you got the, that 16th green that stadium got set up there and it's just it's just a massive party and there's other events the you know the big thing for live is getting into the majors and they're going to be at the masters and i'm sure the, once they figure out the world golf rankings and how live uh, how live events count towards that i think uh you know we're going to see more of the bigger players playing at the at the uh you know the four majors but it's uh for as far as the courtroom goes there there's a hearing at the end of this month they want to push back the trial which is not going to start for another 11 months anyway oh but it could actually be pushed back even further because there are some discovery issues interesting okay so i know that um you know do you see 
a future here where they do coexist? I mean, I know that the World Golf rankings can certainly dictate everything from a major standpoint, but the PGA Tour is not running the majors. So do you see there being a coexistence between the PGA Tour and Liv? Yeah, the way it's set up and the, the few events that Liv has and their kind of playoff kind of format or franchise format, um, they could. Right now, there's just no chance. I mean, they're just going. They're not only in the courtroom and in the press and everything else. You know, they're, you know, they're, you know, Liv's probably going to nab a couple uh, golfers over the next few weeks. You know, they haven't added many in a while, at least major names. So I think that's going to be happening. We're going to see this go throughout this year. Um, and I don't. Maybe towards that trial date, we'll have some maybe some kind of detente or something. But uh, it's going to be. Uh, it's. For, I think for the next several months, I think they're just going to be going hit them. Go, going back and forth. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Is there a name or a couple of names that if they were to go this year would really change the dynamics? I don't think there's any, um, you know, there, there's probably, now that they have the TV deal, they don't have to pay quite as much and have to overpay as they did uh, for Mickelson and the others last year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if with, uh, you know, because eventually this has to make money live. You know, yeah. it's, they're, they're, even though they're, it's the Saudi fund and they have billions and billions and billions of dollars, you know, anybody who invests, even a, even a, a rich foreign government um, or a foreign fund, you know, they want to they want to return and they want to see something going towards kind of increasing revenue eventually and uh, by year three or four. So, you know, they're going to have to figure out that uh, cost structure. You mentioned the TV deal here. Uh, I had not actually seen anything reported on it. So do you know, are yeah. they actually like, did the CW and who owns them uh, actually paying for the rights for all of this? Or it's, did it become a rev share? It's a rev share. It's, it's some kind of rev share agreement. It's, uh, they're not paying to be on, you know, they're probably going to be, from what I understand, it's, it's production costs. And uh, they're going to from from there. It's uh, revenue share. It's not. It, it was reported last year that 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 they were going to go on Fox and be uh, being paid to be on Fox, kind of like what Champ Car, with, with the you know before the before the Indy Car merger. Uh, if you go back all the way, so like young sports leagues do pay to be on TV, but this is a little a lot better setup than uh, than some other leagues have had. Having a conversation here with AJ Perez from Front Office Sports. Uh, transitioning here, the Arizona, the state of Arizona, it's the first state to have legalized gambling and host a Super Bowl in the same year. Next year, the Super Bowl is going to Las Vegas. Uh, so obviously, this isn't a problem anymore. Records were broken last Super Bowl with the amount of money wagered on the Super Bowl. This year, it should surpass all of that. So what's the marriage here, though, between a product embracing sports books? more consumers than ever participating in legalized wagering and really having a healthy dialogue about betting lines, understanding it, and it not just being like, here's some odds boosts, here's some free bets, kind of all of this marrying itself together. The biggest thing is the integrity of it. Um, you know, we have uh, we had one coach and one player suspended so far um, for, um, for, for betting. And uh, there's, you know, which for almost, it's been five years since you know, this, the Supreme Court decision, or almost five years. And that's not bad. I mean, you think a lot of people thought it would just kind of implode, and a lot of you know college players, especially, would get, would, would get caught up in it, um, and because they you know they don't make as much money, and even with NIL. Uh, but you know, so far, it, you know, the I think I was I am kind of shocked because I covered this stuff 15, 16 years ago when the NFL was fighting Delaware to add parlay bets to the state lottery, and how much they, they fought, and all the way I, I covered hearings, I covered the appeal, um, and then here we here, here we are. They have 
six or seven different spot, like, you know, partners, sports betting partners, including the including the one that has a casino right next to the stadium. So it's uh, it's 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 been it's been a major change. And I actually asked uh, former DC Chief Lanier, who's the head of NFL security, you know, how much her job has changed. I'll have a story on that. Um, you know, when it comes to sports betting, I'll have a story on that later today. Perfect, and that's at frontofficesports.com. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, when it comes to more things about the NFL, the landscaping is certainly changing in terms of consumption of the product. We saw them strike a deal with Amazon, streaming the product for Thursday Night Football, NFL Sunday ticket moving to YouTube next year. So how would you describe the need to really evolve in the technology space for the NFL, still staying with traditional media and trying to infuse that next generation to really consume the product the way that their current demographic consumes it? Yeah, it's kind of like I think the broadcast networks need the NFL more than the NFL need the broadcast networks. It's it's, it's actually trending that way. We're not there yet. You know, obviously the the YouTube TV deal for Sunday Ticket. You got the as you the, the as you mentioned the the Amazon deal for Thursday Night Football. But you still can't go all streaming. And I think it's just because there's, there there are people who even you know who are in remote areas. You know, we're a big nation with with broadband issues that, yeah. outside big cities, even within big cities. So that's going to be that's going to be the drawback. But I think yeah, there's. The one thing NFL will likely have like a record rating or close to it um, on Sunday because it's a little tweak with Nielsen ratings, but it's also because you know it's the big event and, and, and this is why it costs six 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 million dollars, seven million dollars for a thirty second ad. Um, and uh, I think that's they're gonna this 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 contract's not gonna expire for seven or eight more years. But I think I think we're gonna see the major networks still stick with it in some form because I think the NFL needs it and it's also you can't be charging it for everything. I think there's that you know having it on free TV, especially if you live near near uh, over the air Tana. Uh, it would it would make the most sense to to kind of keep at least some of this like on free TV. Yeah, to your point there. I mean, how how is it being viewed for the success of the NFL in its first year on Amazon? I mean, I know week one you had that Chargers and Chiefs matchup, which everyone was really anticipating, and then there were some real snoozers uh, for the rest of the season here. So how is it kind of being framed, but maybe more so the reality of it all? It's actually being framed that it was a. They, as a uh, big success because they actually reached a, a younger audience um, in total, uh, not in total, but percentage-wise than, than, than the games elsewhere um, for on, on broadcast. Um, so they, they tied that up, and I think you know, it, it, it does drive business to them. You know? Even though no one really realized, uh, no one, I, I write about it, Twitch is free, and that's one of their products, and you can actually watch for free. You don't have to have Amazon Prime. Oh, but, hey, everybody listening but, up. Uh, but it's also not, the, the, you only get one stream, and the stream is, it's not it's HD, but it's not 4K. There's little downsides. But it's also free. So there's always, you know, there's, the NFL always wants a way to, for fans to access it. And, you know, obviously, I don't think everybody can, we don't know the price for the Sunday ticket yet. Probably around uh, $300, it's been rumored. So, you know, it's as it was with DirecTV. It's about staying the same. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're, they're, Things are evolving, but I think I think there's uh, we're going to see the you know this kind of split for a while. I don't see any more products. At least, well, really, they can't for another eight years. Uh, but any more products going going to uh, to uh, streaming. AJ Perez, front office sports here on Extra Point and KDOS AM 1060. I want to go back here for a second. You touched on Super Bowl commercials here. Big money. You mentioned Fox announced that they sold out the inventory already. 30 second spots going upwards of $7 million. So what's the benefit of a company for doing a Super Bowl ad? But also, what happens if it flops? Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, especially, I reported yesterday about some crypto. No, it's not crypto. There are no crypto ads this year, but there are. there is a digital like NFT uh, ad which no one knew about and it's kind of weird that it's a company I never heard of so that's for, for companies like that they, that they used to big gamble that's what we, we saw during 2000 
you know, the year 2000 when all the 99, 2000 when all the dot coms before the bubble burst. That didn't really help those companies out at all. They spent a lot of their money towards it. Um, I think now it's it's more established brands, and I saw obviously this is the last, this is the first year without the Budweiser exclusivity since 1989. So we're going to see a bunch of beer ads and um, other alcohols, uh, cognac and others, whiskey that we didn't that, that we that we hadn't seen on national TV for you know for well, how long has that been? 30 years, 25 years? Well, I was going to say to that point. I mean, really, beer ads just as a consumer watching it seem to have gone down just in in normal television viewing. So are they going to be making a big push here for the Super Bowl? Yeah, Budweiser has uh, three minutes of commercials. Um, so yeah, so they even though they're not no longer an exclusive. Um, in that category, there you know, but then we have Miller Coors teaming up um, for an ad. There's to be others. Uh, so I think uh, I think there's. It's not. I don't know if we'll ever get back to the Bud Bowl days and the Frogs and what's oh, up were great. and what's up. But you know, there's still you know those uh, the same advertising agencies and the same ad you know and the same brands want to be a part of this game. AJ Perez, front office sports here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. So some other big stories around the NFL. Are the commanders up for sale or not? <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to get that. I've been I've been trying to get some more information on that uh, since it's been two weeks since I broke my last story on this. And right now it's it, there's there's no indication that Dan Snyder is not going to sell. And I and I think him putting this house on the market, which was not unexpected because he hasn't lived there in a couple of years, and it doesn't really mean much. But you know, he's been spent a lot of time in London, and the NFL owners I talk to just don't see how he could kind of claw it back and say, "Hey, I'm going to keep the team." Especially since I reported there's been one offer of 6.3 billion dollars, which would be a record for any sports franchise to sell in the in the world. So, I'm uh, so. Are there any names that are out there in terms of groups that might be interested in it? I mean, I know that originally Jeff Bezos was one that was totally in on it, but then maybe thinking he struck that deal with Amazon and covering Thursday Night Football that he would be out. Yeah, there's uh, um, uh, uh, Blitzer, uh, the um, co-owner of the of the Flyers, and um, and oh. Uh, Sixers, my bad. Yeah, he's like the one name that, that that keeps coming up repeatedly. There's kind of been quiet. Um, there's a lot of people who, a lot of people like him who actually looked in and even put bids in for the Broncos. And so a lot of the same names are floating around here. But really, we don't even know the front runner at this point. So Bezos, I think, still has a chance of coming back in. Um, before we let you go here today, we really appreciate you coming in and taking some time. What's a story that we're two months into 2023 that we should be paying attention to? Oh, geez, that's uh, that's a tough one. I think uh, I think the commander sale would be one. I think it's going to be just like record money, especially and they're going to it'll be a pathway for other sports teams where own, they don't like their owners. You know, maybe they can have some hope if Snyder sells off the commanders after. Uh, two decades with the team. Well, AJ, we greatly appreciate you taking some time joining us here. Enjoy the rest of Phoenix and uh, Super Bowl 57, and we hope to have you back on the show in the future. Great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Once again, he is AJ Perez, and you can find his work over at frontofficesports.com. It is The Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 live from Radio Row. We will get back to having a conversation, Bob Kemp coming back in. And here's the thing about this morning. If you haven't heard the news yet, the app is up and operational. KDOS AM 1060 for Apple users, Android users. You have to wait a couple of days, but we haven't forgotten about you. So Apple users, type in KDOS 1060 and download the KDOS AM 1060 app. We'll be working with the team back in the studios about getting some prizes up for new users to download that app. But we're here live from Radio Row. Super Bowl 57 conversation. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here on KDUS AM 1060. And as always, you can still trust, trustily follow us over at KDUS1060.com.
Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 and as always online at KDOS1060.com. Coming to you live from Super Bowl Radio Row. I'm going to have to come up with a new little moniker here because we're adding, if you missed the news this morning, the new app, the KDOS AM 1060 app for Apple users. Android coming here shortly. We'll have some prizes for people who download the KDOS 1060 app. For Apple users, KDOS 1060 is what you need to type in in order to download the app. All coming to you powered by the Superbook Sports. So big thanks to them for making it all happen. Bob and Kayla with you up until 1 o'clock here on KDOS AM 1060. So we have to get into it. The big news from last night, LeBron James, he passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time NBA scoring list. The moment came with 10.9 seconds left in the third quarter on a 14-foot fadeaway jumper. Bob, how disappointed were you that it wasn't a sky hook? <laughs> and think about that. I wonder if Kareem was disappointed it wasn't a sky hook. Uh, he may fact, have been. Yeah, the fact that you know, Kareem is not the easiest human being to get along with sometimes, and he and LeBron have had some difference and some issues. So the fact that he was there I thought was a good thing uh, for you know, sports in general and obviously the NBA. But the fact that LeBron, I didn't even realize, it didn't even really cross my mind. I'm not much into the uh, you know, you know, records and individual things and team sports, but I think it was probably maybe just like a month ago that I realized that he was this close uh, to breaking Kareem's scoring record. And for a guy that I think is still known for, you know, you know, getting people involved in passing and so forth as opposed to just you know, jacking up every shot he can find. Uh, for him to set this record is especially impressive. I believe it was his second game he ever played uh, for the Cavs back in the day it was against the Suns here, one of the first two or three games. And I was at that game, and I remember I was just amazed at how much court presence he had what was he, like 18 then or 19 or whatever he was? It was just a, his understanding of the game was just a, astonishing. I'd seen him play some high school all-star games, and I assume I probably watched the first game of his professional career. But seeing him in person, I just remember thinking, man, this guy gets it. And then here we all these all these years later, I never would have actually thought that he'd become the all-time leading scorer in the NBA yeah. history-wise. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, to your point here on the night, he ended up scoring 38 points. He was 13 of 20, 4 of 6 from 3, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals. Uh, this little tidbit here, Kareem's record stood since April 5th of 1984. LeBron was born nine months later. But to your point in terms of LeBron and his all-around game, the thing about LeBron, he ranks fourth in assists with 10,354. Third is Chris Paul at 11,283. Jason Kidd second, 12,091. And John Stockton, which probably will never be touched, (laughs) first at 15,806 assists. But LeBron's not a point guard. No, he's not. He certainly had the ball in his hands as much as most point guards, however. So, but he's uh, you know back certainly back uh, 
in a lot of the Cavaliers days. And then when he really went to, you know, when he did the Miami thing and they did the, you know, they you know, tried to, and they did win championships there, plural. Uh, but, you know, he was uh, mainly, uh, you know, not, not completely a distributor, but, you know, he was not, like I, I mentioned earlier, I mean, a lot of guys that have scoring records, no matter what level you're playing on, uh, or have you know, single season records, or you know, lead the, the NCAA in scoring? They're just hunting shots. Uh, that's certainly I don't think that's really ever been what the LeBron's moniker has been, or his identification has been, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely, and he ranks ninth in steals at 2,179. Yeah. Michael Jordan is third at 2,514. Jason Kidd second. Once again, Jason Kidd popping up in the, the statistics mm -hmm. here. 2,684, and John Stockton once again leading the way. First at 3,265 steals. But I wanted to bring this up here. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, uh, is there any comparison? Well, I don't think there is. I just think it goes back to kind of like the Brady thing that we talked about a little bit last week. To me, the game has changed so much, and it's much easier for players to accomplish offensive, uh, you know, basically offensive feats uh, because of the way that the rules have changed. I think it's much easier for offenses in you know, football and basketball and for baseball for that matter. But, uh, you know, I think that's – we're in an era where offensive accomplishments are easier to achieve than they were in the past. Um, I think you have a point there. Uh, certainly the game, and we chronicled this a couple of weeks ago, actually, in terms of just the amount of scoring that is going on in the NBA right now. I mean, we kind of joked about the All-Star game being like 155 to 145, and yet regular season games are about that way. Right. Do you like the direction that the NBA is going, though, where it seems like defense is really less than optional? Yeah, I wish we could have somewhere between, you know, I don't ever want to see what we saw in the in the 90s. I mean, what Jordan accomplished in the 90s and what other offensive you know, stars accomplished in the 90s, I think deserves more credit than maybe as time goes on, it deserves more credit as time goes on. Uh, because it was, you know, that was where the years, uh, you know, the Jordan rules, if you're Chuck Daly and the Pistons, and obviously, you know, Pat Riley when he was with the Knicks. I mean, it was thug ball. Uh, to me, the, the worst years of the NBA were trying to, you know, watching the Pistons play. Uh, it was just, it was like tackle basketball. It was disgusting, in my opinion. Uh, and it's obviously a lot easier now. They put in the hand-checking rule. I don't know what year that was. It was kind of like the Derek Harper rule back in the day. That's what it was known as in those, at least in those days. And things have changed and gotten much easier since then. Yeah, the, you know, Thomas had 40 points again last night for the Nets. And he was a nice college scorer in his, I believe it was only one year at LSU, but He's now had 40 points, three straight games, 40-plus points, three games in a row, and that would have never happened back in those days. And in a way, I think it would have been it's, – it's not good that this is – it's kind of – I didn't say it's – I don't want to ever say it's easy to score baskets, score points and make baskets in the NBA, but it's much easier. And uh, I wish it were somewhere in between. I'm not really sure. I'm not smart enough to come up with rules that would make it in between uh but it's uh you know baskets come too easy these days in my opinion well 
LeBron ranks 35th in rebounds. I had to get that one in there, too. 10,583 rebounds. Kareem is third, 17,440. Bill Russell, second, 21,620. And Wilt Chamberlain, first at 23,924. I mean, goodness gracious, that's not going to get touched either. Um, Similar points here with the rebounds and just the way the basketball is played. The guy, the big guy is not necessarily under the hoop all the time. They're kind of flashing out and, and trying to get down feet, get down court. That's true, and also minutes played in those days. I mean, it wasn't uh, you didn't have any um, load management or really rotations of any kind. Most teams went like six or seven deep, and remember there were a lot fewer teams and fewer players in the league then too. A lot less money in the league in those days. So it's just, I think it's difficult to compare players and eras because of the way that the game has changed in, in many ways, not just the rules, but other pretty much everything else. We'll table the basketball conversation to the other side of the break in which we will get into the Phoenix Suns. Uh, They won against the Nets last night, but some other interesting news transpiring as the game was going on. So we'll get into that on the other side of the break. But the Lakers did, in fact, lose to the Thunder 133-130 to last night in LeBron's record-setting performance. Does that taint anything for you, or does that feel bad for you? I'm okay. I mean, you know, so you know, I don't have much of a reaction. Sorry about that. Rarely do I have not much of a reaction, but I guess this is one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so we'll uh, take a break, and on the other side we'll come back and we'll get into the Phoenix Suns. But I do want to make sure you are still getting over to KDOS1060.com, the big game catered party Uh, there's still an opportunity to sign up for that uh, for your chance at your catered party kdos1060.com coming to you from port of subs travel over to portofsubs.com to find a valley location nearest you place your orders online port of subs is slicing up the quality you crave since 1972 you know the taste of your favorite premium sliced fresh meats and cheeses on freshly baked bread and all of those crunchy crispy veggie toppings with your favorite savory sauces yeah that's right it is port of subs and the port of subs quality and blends of flavors that keep you wanting more for the big game it's coming up on sunday you have a chance at a catered party right now by going over to kdos1060.com and entering to win we'll be pulling that winner here at the end of the week more extra point live from radio row here on kdos am 1060 and as always online at kdos1060.com Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow us online at KDOS1060.com. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you live from Super Bowl Radio Row. And Corey there behind the glass is uh, playing a little Springsteen for you, Bob. All right. As the tour continues, uh, the tour began a week ago tonight in Tampa and they've already gone to Atlanta and a couple more cities in Florida and they played Glory Days the other day so that was the song we just played there. I was going to say what was the first song on the first uh, set list there? It seems to be No Surrender Every Night so uh, yeah I was a little surprised a little wager with a friend of mine and uh, we were both wrong (laughs) as far as the first song on the first night but it seems like uh, 
as is the case, a lot of Springsteen tours over the years, and I mean like for the last 20 some years, uh, the first few uh, shows, it's kind of a standard set with a few things thrown in as uh, kind of surprises, but it uh, seems like we've got kind of a standard set at least for right now. So the Suns, they were taking on the Nets yesterday, held on to get a win, 116-112. to 112. But I want to start here with the news that came out during the game. It was reported by Chris Haynes of TNT. He had a tweet out that new owner Matt Ishbia, quote, Suns owner Matt Ishbia intends to bring on Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas to have a prominent role in the front office. League sources tell him. Dwayne Rankin shortly thereafter tweeted, quote, a spokesperson for new Suns owner Matt Ishbia told the Republic Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas won't have a position in the team's front office and isn't part of the team transition. From what I do gather, Ishbia's company, United Wholesale Mortgage, has Isaiah Thomas as one of the board of directors. So seemingly there, they do have a relationship, might even be be friends, uh, you know, as well. But I do think, as someone watching from afar here, that Thomas can't be part of this organization, not after his past, not after what the Suns and their organization has just gone through with why the team had to be sold in the first place, uh, that this is just something that really can't happen. I, I was stunned when I heard, uh, you know, basically the first report and, yeah, you know, I got my phone blew up with text messages from a couple of other people, uh, friends and a couple of uh, colleagues and so forth, that there's no way uh, as you just mentioned, what the Suns just went through with Sarver and the investigation from ESPN that included other employees other than Sarver, uh, that there's no way that uh, you know, they could uh, bring on Isaiah Thomas as an official part of this organization. Yeah, so that was definitely just something that was really stunning. That's not how you want to get things started in your tenure as an owner here. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see if we ever really know the details about what happened. Was this an erroneous report? Was this something that was kind of floated out there to test the waters? Was it kind of something that uh, they'd retracted really quickly after realizing that uh, the organization fan base just wasn't going to stand for that? I don't know if we'll know the answers to it or not, but interesting to see if something does come to light. But also, off off of those particular issues and when it comes to on the court, Thomas actually wasn't very good as an executive. When he was in charge of the Knicks, they at one point in time had the highest payroll and the second worst record two to three years into his run in that position. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, after he got done playing, a lot of the things that Isaiah's been involved in, whether it be the CBA back in the day, I'm talking about the the, the the minor league, not the collective bargaining agreement, uh, but the uh, you know, CBA basketball league, uh, that uh, went to hell. Uh, the Knicks were kind of on the road to hell to start with, and then he just kind of further you know, participated in their burying even further going to hell. Uh, it just hasn't worked out for him, no matter what he's seemingly trying to do professionally after he quit playing. Uh, his broadcasting career has been okay. Uh, but uh, it's been uh, not nearly as good as he was when he was a player. On the court, 
The Suns, as I mentioned, got a 116-112 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. Let's start with Devin Booker. In his return, he played 26 minutes, 6 of 15, 2 of 8 from 3, 6 assists, 5 fouls, 19 points, and he was on a limits restriction, though, with 26 minutes. Yeah, he seemed to kind of wear down as the game went on, which is not that surprising. He made three of his first four shots. Yeah, I think the biggest thing here is uh, with Booker's return, Monty Williams was allowed to start the preferred starting five of Paul and Johnson and Bridges and Aiton and Booker. And uh, those five guys before last night had played a total of 67 minutes this season together. Also, I think it also, there's no doubt that Booker's presence made things easier for DeAndre Ayton, made things easier for Mikhail Bridges. Not surprising, you know, because opponents, no matter whether it's the first game back or not, the defense has to be aware of, uh, of you know, certainly Booker's presence and his, you know, scoring ability. Uh, you know, Ayton, I don't know if there were any double teams last night. He had 35 points on 14 of 18 from the field made seven out of eight free throws, including the game-clinching free throws uh, in the last uh, possession there. He also had 15 rebounds. Bridges last night, uh, also a lot of less attention towards him uh, with Booker back. He had 21 points. He had 15 of those in the third quarter, in fact. Uh, also a huge night from DeAndre Ayton. He was dominant, uh, 14 of 18, 7 of 8 from the foul line, 15 rebounds, and 35 points. Are we again uh, g getting ourselves all riled up for the possibilities of what D.A. can do? Well, I've never been down on D.A. I know that the basically Maricopa County and Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley think that he sucks, but I don't quite understand this. When he gets the ball and he's not being double teamed, which he was frequently when Booker was out, I think he's a really good offensive player. He's gotten better defensively, especially in the screen and roll, but uh, I just think that uh, there have been few athletes since I've been here, if any athlete since I've been here, that has been more unfairly criticized than DeAndre Ayton. The Suns, they've now won three in a row to start this five-game Eastern Conference road trip after struggling to get road and Eastern Conference wins this season. Is this something for us to get excited about or should we tread lightly no i think that uh, you know as i mentioned for a while i don't really pay that much attention to regular season of wins and losses in the suns last year obviously a good example of that having you know with 14 15 more wins than anybody in the regular season and you know, have some problems in the playoffs and you're done uh but uh, they as I mentioned, it's been 67 minutes. He's had his you know, preferred starters out there playing together until last night. Still, I don't think there's any question that it would be nice if campaign can come back. He's been out since January the 4th uh, with the foot injury. Landry Shamit's still out, and he's going to be certainly part of the rotation. But uh, you know, right now in the Western Conference, I don't think there's a, uh, you know, the Nuggets are good, but I don't know if anybody thinks the Nuggets are unbeatable or invincible or the obvious you know, front runner to win a championship. Uh, see how you know, the, we get the, uh, you know, get the uh, Luka and Kyrie uh, you know, debut tonight. Uh, and the, the Suns moved another, you know, they win last night. It's been whoever plays the night before like moves ahead of the other as far as uh, the, you know, the seeding situation in the Western Conference. But 
I think the Suns, if they're intact, they could use another offensive player, I think, before the trade deadline if that's possible. But uh, I think that uh, you know, thoughts about them not being a contender to win the championship are out. But I think that's largely because I'm not sure who the top contenders are right now in the NBA. The Suns, they play the Hawks tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. on Bally Sports Arizona. And you alluded to there the trade deadline. That is also tomorrow at 1 p.m. Arizona time. I know our conversation with Sean Devaney earlier in the week kind of put a uh, – I guess put it back into perspective and put things into realism for us about what the Suns may or may not be able to do at the trade deadline. And of course, the big thing, I, I feel like anything other than Kevin Durant just comes across as very, um, you're just kind of sad, if you will. Uh, and he, he put that into perspective that that's kind of unlikely to happen. Well, I, and I think that was certainly reported yesterday that you know, Durant has met with the Nets people and uh, it doesn't seem like there's I would never say never, but it seems highly unlikely that there would be any kind of Durant trade to anywhere uh, before the deadline tomorrow. And if they move him, it would be most likely during the summer. Well, controversy cannot escape Russell Westbrook. Apparently here, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN sources, Lakers guard Russell Westbrook and coach Darvin Ham had a brief heated verbal exchange in the halftime locker room on Tuesday versus OKC. Ham expressed frustration with how Westbrook ring lingered on the playing floor after getting subbed out for the game in the second quarter. Voices were raised, according to... Adrian Wojnarowski. Well, I don't know if there's enough time to do anything with Westbrook at this point. Uh, so, you know, he actually has been a pretty good citizen before this, as far as I can tell. Uh, and he's played better, and he accepted the bench role for a while. I guess maybe not now. <laughs> and that contract also makes things a little bit challenging as well. That's true. You've got to match those uh, contracts up or at least get close to them when you make a trade in the NBA. That's hour number one of Extra Point. Hour number two from Radio Row on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060.